Contract negotiations between UPS and the Teamsters Union have stalled, meaning that the largest single employer strike in our nation's history is looming. What does that mean for the labor movement and our economy at large? Those are the questions we'll be answering here on the left wing. I'm John Cooper of Counterpoint Politics, joined by my co-host Desmond Price, the Independent Thought Podcast, and TJ from Power is Taken, Not Given. Let's get it started. Uh, so first of all, I do think this strike is going to happen. Like, I think we should be talking about this like it is going to happen because UPS seems to be holding the firm position that this will only be a temporary inconvenience to them. Um, even if uh, UPS were to lose some market share leading up to and during a strike, uh, their CEO, um, his name's Tencredi, um, he predicts the impacts would be temporary. He said that most shipping customers would ultimately go back to UPS, partly due to familiarity with the company and its delivery system. Um, however, NPR interviewed a transportation procurement expert uh, at a consulting firm called Insight Sourcing Group. Uh, the expert's name was Tommy Storch. And he said that many UPS customers would likely shift to a more diverse carrier set, keeping a higher percentage of their volume with other carriers to protect their business from future disruptions, which... I tend to agree with because that just makes sense. And I'm surprised that they weren't doing that already. Um, UPS, uh, and, and he, he quotes, uh, they they might lose some people completely outright, uh, but he thinks that more than off, more often than not, you'd see them try to put a little more volume with an alternative carrier moving forward. Um, and that's probably best for the business and best for our, you know the transportation industry overall. Um, the strike could have a massive impact uh, on Americans and even the global economy. Uh, UPS reports that goods that they transport are equivalent to 6% of the U.S. GDP on any given day. Uh, an economic think tank called the Anderson Economic Group projects that a 10-day strike would cost the economy $7 billion, uh, oh. and a 15-day strike uh, would cost UPS specifically $850 million. Uh, to date, uh, the Teamsters Union has reached several agreements uh, on 55, 55 total non-economic issues, meaning like non-pay, um, such as what was widely reported. One of the biggest ones was how they didn't have AC in a lot of their trucks and UPS uh, employees were dying um, and they had to negotiate um, to stop that from happening. Um, but they, they, they have won every single negotiation like on every other point except for pay. Um, and the Teamsters argument here is that the, uh, the UPS made $14 billion in profit in 2022. To put that into perspective for you guys, uh, if they gave every union member a $20,000 raise, $20,000 raise right now, they would have still made $7 billion in profit. So th that is the, the what we're talking about in terms of money here. So I'm going to oh, leave the floor open God. to you guys. You know, question here being. What do you think of this strike uh, and how do you see it fitting into the kind of larger scale of the labor movement we're experiencing right now? You know, it's when we're seeing this strike happening and we're also hearing that today that, you know, the actors are announcing that they're going to go on strike to join the writers strike. And, you know, we're seeing this mass, you know, unionization effort happening around the country, you know, notably at places like Amazon and places like Starbucks and, you know, the efforts are popping up individually all over the country. It's obvious that people are pissed off about being taken advantage of. It's not hard to kind of see the, the details being lined out. Like as you described, John, you know, $14 billion in profit, you can give out 20 grand to everyone individually and you'd still have seven grand left over. That, that's unbelievable. 
You know, recently the team's was president, you know, like Sean M. O'Brien, I, I saw an interview with him where he was talking about this fact that he was at the negotiating table, you know, like with, you know, UPS and he just flat out said to him, he's like, Hey, it's like your CEO got a raise, your shareholders got a raise, all these executives got a raise. And yet you're telling us that there's no money left over for us. That's, that's not even, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And this is coming off of the back that something to know about this particular like union president is that the previous president of the Teamsters, apparently like they pushed a contract through that the rank and file members had actually had voted down and everyone was very upset with this. And so when this new president came in, he promised to be more diligent to make sure that he was more aggressive and that if the rank and file members wanted to authorize a strike, that they would go ahead and strike and that he wouldn't push some contract on them that they didn't want. And 97% of these members did in fact authorize this strike. So, you know, as, as normal for me, you know, I support these people. It is does not make any sense to me whatsoever that these people are out there busting their ass every single day working in the heat, especially with no AC until just now. And as we're getting into year over year, getting hotter and hotter, and these people are just asking for a raise and they're like, I mean, we'll give ourselves a raise, but you fuck that. No, no way. What, what, what are we talking about here? Yeah, the the AC thing. So I remember, I don't know when I learned that UPS drivers drove with no doors because they had no AC. It was a few years back. And I, are you serious? That, it, it blew my mind. And yeah. the fact that these workers, these the, the, the union had to beg to get AC in their vehicles. If you don't know anything else about the situation, you already know who side to be on. You already know. And then mentioning, uh, uh, I didn't know that sad about the uh, the uh, billions of dollars. And if they gave everyone 20 grand, that they still have seven, seven billions uh, left over. That there's yep. two things about that, that that stuck out to me. One, they are not asking for that. They're not even, they're not asking for the 20 grand a year for everybody. And two, people will hear like, a, unfortunately, you know, a lot of Americans are just uh, econo economically illiterate is the wrong term, but like this, not too familiar, but they hear like X billion in profits. They're right. thinking groups like, no, this is money left over. This is right. after all the overhead, after all the uh, <laughs> labor costs, which is also a red flag when someone says labor costs instead of wages. It's like, no, it's wages. Mm -hmm. Let's get it right. And yeah. uh, after all that is paid, that's what they have left over. And the union, all they're asking, like uh, I, I saw three uh, three videos about this that, that really stuck out to me. Uh, one was a speech by uh, protesters uh, for UPS. The second right. was from the union president. I think it was Sean O'Brien. And the other one was from the UPS rep. Her name was Carol Tome or something like that. But uh, the union representative was just saying that, listen, I mean, the, the protesters were saying that, listen, UPS made all of this money in profits and extra we just want to be rewarded for our work. You know, it would have been possible without them. And they are not asking for something unreasonable. And the, and then the fact that they have to like beg for this is just shocking. Our economy literally runs on these people. They, this yeah. is a, this is not like, I don't know. It shouldn't matter how like important a job is for it to be paid a fair wage and, and have a fair share of the profits. But sure. these aren't unimportant jobs. These are people who are, it's a dangerous job. They are risking their lives. I mean, traffic fatalities are one of the leading causes of death in our country. And they are out there in these vehicles in 100 degree heat without AC. And they're not easy to drive vehicles. 
And, you know, it it, do, it is a dangerous job. And, like, they deserve to be compensated. And as you mentioned, like, they made, you know, UPS, all of these shipping companies made record profits, you know, over the pandemic over the last several years. These people are frontline employees delivering the, the, the resources that everyone needed and giving them potential COVID exposure that a lot of us were fortunate enough to not have to deal with. And yeah. they're getting they're getting screwed. And that is something that happens all the time, all over this country. And specifically, like, this is an issue that I feel like, and I've said this on the left wing before, I've said this on my TikToks before, this shouldn't be a bipartisan issue. Uh, if you if you were listening to this and you consider yourself a conservative, um, come on, join this team because this is your free market at work, bitch. Like this is people <laughs> organizing to negotiate the fair market value of their labor. Like there is nothing the you know anyone stepping in and stopping that from happening is going against the invisible hand of the market, and so this should be a nonpartisan issue that we can put aside everything that we think about social issues, all this culture war bullshit. Let's put that aside here. Like I can agree to disagree on that as long as we can agree. I mean, I think you're wrong, but like we should still form a unified front when it comes to us versus them, us being the working class and them being the fucking billionaire overlords that are that are literally trying to negotiate against their own employees to give them fucking air conditioning to stop them from dying of each stroke. This is not some complicated moral issue. Like we had a very complicated question last week about the LGBT discrimination and like where does discrimination end and compelled speech begin? This ain't fucking complicated. This is kindergarten shit, guys. Like $14 billion in profits, and they won't give them air conditioning. Go fuck yourselves. Uh, if, if I may, I want to uh, uh, say this before I forget where you talk about uh, this should yeah. be an issue where conservatives, liberals, leftists, where we should all kind of agree that there's one victim party here, and it's not the CEOs, it's not the, uh, it's not the shareholders and everything. But when it comes to conservatives or, or right-wingers in general, that when they say that they're against elites, they don't mean financial elites. <laughs> like they, they don't. They now, like they 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 mean like cultural or academic elites. That's what that's what they really care about. Like the cultural elites. So like Elon Musk is not an elite, although you know <laughs> he, he's one of the richest human beings who's ever existed. Somehow he's not an elite. He's on their team. But the blue-haired feminist who works at you know Starbucks, that's an elite right there. So, you know, like that, they're, they're, the, the, the uh, paradigm is all off for them. And I remember pointing this out. Do you guys remember, this would have been 2020, I think, or maybe 2021. There was the John Deere strike. Yeah, and, 2021. Uh, yeah, so, so the John Deere strike came out. I only heard, I didn't hear a lot of Democrats come out in support of it, which, is, which was disgrace, disgraceful. I remember five or six off the top of my head, but no Republicans. I watched. I, I searched every day for, like, most of them didn't mention it at all. Like the last time I saw Republicans support a major strike was Southwest. And that was because I think it was Southwest Airlines where they were uh, on strike because of the vaccine mandates or something. They were all over that strike. Anyone who's ever flown uh, Southwest has a reason to be pissed by that. So I, I don't, <laughs> like, like no one likes Southwest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the, that's the kind of, and then when that happens, it's like, oh, look, we're supporting the working man. We're all for it. like, no, no, you're doing it for a cultural reason. When it comes to actual power uh, being, uh, you know, disaggregated instead of consolidated, they are nowhere to be found. And like what the people are asking for, like, uh, John, you mentioned that they they uh, they did uh, give concessions for a lot of the non-financial ones. 
I looked up like what the sticky points were for the uh for the union. Yeah. Uh one, they wanted no more excessive overtime. Basically, uh they all they said is that like, you cannot work us more than nine and a half hours a day, more than three times a week. They have a system in there right now. Asking for which, so much. I guess it's, it's like, so they do have an opt-in system right now for senior employees where they can sign up and say, I don't want to, I want to be protected for this, uh, you know, three times a week overtime, but it doesn't apply to part-time workers and it doesn't apply to junior uh, full-time employees, which goes in what you said, Desmond, it's gr- what what's really, really great about uh, these uh, labor uh, uprisings we're seeing now yeah. is everyone has each other's back. And the, as the the CEO and the, the the big timers from UPS are you know remind us all the time these drivers make 80 90,000 a year yeah the drivers know they're fine they're talking about the package handlers they're talking about the part-time employees like when you hear them talk they're talking about the people who are getting screwed and the actors joining in to help with the writers it is glorious to see and if you can't support this like if you if you see all of that in front of you and say I don't know. The chief operating officer really needs to get like what is wrong. I, I just don't want to tell you. I, I really don't no. know what plan. I mean, it it, it honestly it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And you know, the, I, I'm glad that we're seeing a little bit more of a, a coalescing between all of these different like working class factions coming together because that's definitely what we need to be seeing in order for any of this to change. I wanted to give a a small testimonial here. I, I came across a comment from a from a part-time member of UPS. And, and I think it's an important kind of like addition to add into this. Because one thing I did not know before kind of like looking into the story deeper was that yes, while the full-time members are getting paid like 90,000, the uh, the Teamsters president didn't kind of like clarify that. He was saying like, hey, these people are working 60 hours a week. You know, that they're, they're busting their asses. And like, honestly, we can afford to pay them more, you know, for the kind of standard that they are providing for the economy, as John was mentioning too. How many packages are people getting through places like Amazon right now? You know, like there is so much work these people have to get done on a day in, day out basis. But aside from the full time workers, literally 50 percent of all of the members of the of, of UPS's workforce are part time. And I want to talk about them specifically right now. One part time member was talking about how being a ramp worker, he's only guaranteed like three hours a day. But yet they also schedule them in a way that if at any point in time that they ask you to stay longer, you have to stay longer else you you actually run the risk of losing your job. So it makes it impossible for him to schedule a second job to have because he never knows what he's going to be able to do on these given days. But he also can't live off three hours a day from UPS. So they're asking for an unrealistic expectation of half of their workforce. So that needs to absolutely stop. And these people need to be paid more. So like, yeah, if if these part-timers are getting paid like what? 16, 18, in some cases, $20 an hour, but they're only giving, tearing you three hours a day. How can anybody survive off of something like that? Yeah, and, and let's not get it fucking twisted here, Desmond. If Biden steps in and stops this strike from happening in the same way that he did the rail strike, you're yeah. going to see me flipping shit about this every week on every fucking episode we do, whether it's related to this or not. Because- <laughs> Why? Let's ask the question here. Why is 50% of the workforce part time? Why does that make sense? What? Why Why would you not want your employees working full time for you? Wouldn't that make them more efficient employees? Well, it's because of the fucking benefits. Because in this country, we tie health care to employment. But you know who you don't have to pay for health care for? Your part time employees. You yep. can work them 
you can work them a full-time you know amount of work as long as you call them part-time i mean this isn't ups but my girlfriend works for five below she works 40 hours a week but it's technically a temp position that she's been working for almost a year now wow i don't know how the fuck it's legal but she doesn't get goddamn health care and this these loopholes are all in the fucking system because we don't provide universal fucking health care and we tie it to employment instead so that these companies can take advantage of the fact and the non-part-time workers can be just well at least i have health care you know and make them less likely to fight for the for the for the people that don't but 97 percent of this union is saying we're getting together and we're going to say fuck you and i'm so glad that they are and you know a little peek behind the left-wing curtain here guys every wednesday uh me desmond and, and erica get together and we're like okay so what are our topics this week and we're kind of deciding what the time this was one of the ones we were debating and i was like because of the stuff that's coming about sag astra and, and the writers guild i was like i kind of want to get like on my fucking soapbox about these unions and the slavery because <laughs> it's pissing me the fuck off like the the other yeah. day yesterday um a studio executive said to i think it was deadline they said we are we want to starve these guys out we want to make it so that they're losing their homes and their apartments um and today bob Iger, fucking ceo of disney said that he thinks that they're being unrealistic the writers and, and that it is uh it, it troubles him um and i was like Go, go fuck yourself. Your goddamn compensation is half of the entirety of what your writers are asking for. Half. Like, yeah. I, I'm so pissed at these people. And as I said every, every day, I will, you can continue to be upset about trans people. You can continue to fight for pro-life, but I will fight for your goddamn right to fuck your employer over if you join a union. I will not cross that picket line for you. And I think that <laughs> everyone on the right should be doing the same exact fucking thing. I, I can't wait to see them do this. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be fun. But uh, another thing I saw with the, uh, the Screen Actors Guild, I saw something like right before I hopped on that uh, studios are working on uh, getting the images of their extras and having them AI'd into the background mm -hmm. of videos so you don't have to hire actual extras. And it's like, people, how how sustainable do you think this economic system is? Like, how, how far do you think we're gonna, this is going to actually go? Like not paying people, reducing the amount of jobs, replacing people with machines as much as you can, uh, we're cutting their hours in just really obviously uh, malicious ways. Like I, I learned so much about this UPS strike and I was, uh, or uh, potential strike. Yeah. But one thing I learned, uh, Desmond, you touched on it about how they screw over the part-time workers in very creative ways. And they have uh, these, uh, they have senior part-time workers and, or I mean, senior full-time workers and junior full-time workers. And the junior full-time workers do not work Monday through Friday. They work Tuesday through Friday as like uh, loaders and package carrier stuff. But on Saturday, if they want to be full-time, they need to drive as well, but they are not paid the same rates as as uh, your senior full-time drivers, which is another thing that they follow. No, we're not, we don't want a two-tiered system for First off, you're making these people work weekends anyway, which is kind of shitty. Like you're forcing them to do it if they want to be full time. They want to take that. They want to stop that. But if you're going to do it, make them full time employees and get it rid of because like your your full time employee can make like forty dollars an hour as a senior, but as a junior, like you can start as low as eighteen or twenty and max out around thirty one, thirty two. So uh, like they get really creative with this, and uh, you know, watching people coalesce around this and realize that you know this is unsustainable it has been glorious to watch 
And, you know, the bottom line of the UPS's balance sheet, they made $100 billion. Hmm. Uh, everybody got paid through COVID except for our members. When you think about it, the shareholders got paid, the executives got paid, the CEO got paid and rewarded, and they never touched or forwarded a package. So, you know, it's a little bit frustrating, especially, um, you know, the earnings that UPS has been making as a result of the hard work of our 340,000 Teamsters. And it's frightening when you see you know, our part-timers, it's actually embarrassing for UPS when part-timers are making, you know, living in poverty in some of the big cities, they're on subsidized housing. So it's time for UPS to do the right thing and reward these, these folks. UPS is so focused on Wall Street, they're forgetting about Main Street. Main Street are the people that we represent, the people we have the privilege to work for every single day. And they need to reward Main Street. Everybody else is getting paid that hasn't even touched a package or forwarded a package.